in a moment that seemed to come from nowhere and everywhere, rang the announcement all across the internet. New comics were coming. New comics would soon be here. On May 5th, 5-5-2020, that message came true. And to the delight of all DC Comics news fans, DC Comics fans, comic book fans, and lovers of great stories alike, the release of new comic books were a signal that perhaps we were going to find a way, as a community and as an industry, forward out of what seemed like a never-ending period of isolation and a little bit of repetition. Hello and welcome. This is the DC Comics News, Spinner Rack, episode number 54. Thank you for joining us today. If the sound of my voice is a cue, then you already know where you are. But if this is your first visit, then allow me to welcome you to the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. I'm your host, Seth Singleton, and it's my pleasure to come to you this week, just like every week, and share with you the joy of new comics that have been released by DC Comics, and to share with you my top five picks, and maybe even explain the reasons why they made my list. Up until recently, we've been looking into the past, from comic books all the way back to 2019, month by month, as a way to remind ourselves of the great things that had come and the great things we can look forward to. But now, with the release of new comics, it's quite a delight to share with you this week's selection and my top five picks. Without any further ado or enduring fanfare, let's go ahead and dig into my first choice, one that I'm happy to share with you, and one that I was delighted to read. The Green Lantern, Season 2, Number 3. Now, this was an absolute treat. A story titled Thunder on Wonder Mountain. The story, as always, as it has been from the beginning of the series, from Mr. Grant Morrison, with the amazing art and colors from Liam Sharp, Tom Orzachowski providing the letters, and Liam Sharp providing the cover, with Scott Williams and Ari Frianto providing the variant cover. And it's that initial cover by Liam Sharp that really catches my attention this time around. There's something wonderfully different, foreign, and unexpected about that cover. I don't know if it's just the jet, or how, or the combination of the elements that weave these two together, but the result is a treat that only builds the anticipation of what's in store when you turn the page. Diving into this story, we see Hal back on Earth, a place he thought he had left behind, forced to take on yet another confusing alien mystery. And in order to do so, Hal has to go back to the proving grounds where he first began, when his moniker was Highball, and when he used to fly with amazing people like Shane, otherwise known as Rocket Man, or Linda, otherwise known as Cowgirl. What's brought him back is a mystery that's haunting them all. Not only has a strange occurrence been felt on Wonder Mountain, but the result of the tests of the X-300 teleport plane has taken the once-proud stunt crew that Hal has known and loved and twisted them. Shane Rocketman is no longer the man he was and was 
beaten up badly in his last attempt to fly the teleport plane. While others, like Cowgirl, are missing. So, Hal, doing what he always does, boards the plane, of course, because he is the macho man that we've come to expect and be represented in this series, there's no way he can take his Green Lantern ring with him when he goes up for a test flight. It simply wouldn't be fair. But what he discovers makes him wish on more than one occasion that he had that ring. And it also makes him realize why it is he's a Green Lantern in the first place. Because usually that has very little to do with the ring and more to do with the person who's wearing it. I love this story. I love diving in. I love the appearance of this amazing experimental jet. Clearly, Grant Morrison, Liam Sharp are drinking the same Kool-Aid, eating the same snacks, and having the same hallucinogenic, wonderfully sporadic, or simply inspired dreams and discoveries. Now, this isn't going to excite my French bulldog, Bruno, who's in the distance there snoring, but for me, it was a wonderful treat. The feeling as the experimental jet takes off, the way that we see the colors and the vibrancy of the world he enters, and how he navigates it in a true Hal Jordan-like fashion to rescue his friends, find relief to his own rescue, when some winged creatures you might remember from an earlier story make a fateful appearance. And when it's discovered that the main reason so many strange occurrences have been felt on Wonder Mountain has something to do with the fact that the experimental trips by the X-300 plane tore holes through space-time, allowing inhabitants of a lower-dimensional field known as the liquid continuum to break through, one of which lost its pet, a creature who landed on Wonder Mountain and began the mystery that opens this story. As soon as the pet is collected, we have an opportunity to see Hal represent the Guardians, the Green Lantern Corps, and a hint about a very special guest star who will be making an appearance in the next issue. I really enjoyed this. I thought it was so much fun. I had a great time uh, exploring the wonder and beauty in this story. And there's a very intriguing epilogue, which Liam Sharp actually recently tweeted images of, and which are stunning and gorgeous to behold. And I encourage you, if you're looking for a way to come back to new comics from DC Comics and to engage with that world of wonder, well... This is a book that is sure to do the trick after the first read, and probably even after the second and third. You'll want to enjoy it that much. I know I did. That's why I'm happy to give it a 5 out of 5, and to start things off for this episode. Now let's move into my second choice, a book I really enjoyed. And not just because myself and the podcast team had the chance to have a great interview with writer Cami Garcia, but... What I do love is the fact that I get a chance to see what she was talking about in our interview on the pages of this story. Want to find out for yourself? Hear the details at the end of this episode when we let you in to all the ways you can make sure to never miss exciting episodes like that and many more here on the DC Comics News Podcast Network. However, right now, we're talking about Joker Harley Criminal Sanity number four, written by, as mentioned, Cami Garcia, with amazing art by Jason Badoer, 
and Miko Suwayan. Colors by Annette Kwok. Letters by Richard Starkings and Comic Craft's Tyler Smith. And a cover by Francesco Mattina, with a variant cover by Mike Mayhew. I thought both covers were amazing, but the original really caught my attention. I'm curious to hear which one you liked better. But without dwelling too much on the cover and diving into the actual book, let's talk about how Harley Quinn, psychiatrist, is hunting a killer, maybe two, and there's a history involved that's very important to her mission. Again, the excitement level you're hearing from my snoring French bulldog Bruno does not match the caliber of this book, but then few things ever do. Cammy's amazing writing is on display here with some great descriptions that show us how Harley deals with problems. And in this example, we see her take on a budding pyromaniac, one you might recognize from Batman lore. All it takes is a cigarette, a lighter, and a series of questions. And we later find Harley in a bar facing down perhaps the biggest Russian character ever displayed on page, or perhaps the only one ever rendered so well in black and white, which is a big element in this comic, something that really brings out shades and tones, and then later makes other elements, like the colors of the Joker, that pink and green, that distinct pink and green, pop with such a vibrancy that it challenges the nature of the story that's being told, the black and white, the flashbacks in color, a history that might explain at least one killer's motives, and the discovery that the Joker is looking for something from the ancient past, something that very few know about, and even the designs of which are only available in an obscure and somewhat missing pieces version that doesn't dissuade him and along the way there is a haunting discovery and a great question that i wonder if others might have a similar answer to the answer from harley is ask me again why i hate christmas the reason has to do with a ballerina a garish display of violence and a downpour of rats. It's around the time of the Nutcracker Ballet, and unfortunately, the Sugar Plum Fairy in this story has a very painful and un-Christmas-like ending. But what will really catch here are the two large spread pages, full page, illustrations that reveal not only what it's like for Harley after all of these experiences, but just what is in store for her when we pick things up in issue number five. This was a great book. Again, not just because I'd already heard some great insights from Cami Garcia and know how well she looks at criminal psychology and the minds of those who perform the most heinous acts that we can imagine and do so with a passion and decisiveness that most of us will never gain. And thankfully for the world, is something we never have as much to worry about. I really enjoyed the storytelling 
in this issue. I love the art, as I mentioned, that gray and black, those wonderful shades, all almost coming close to the opposite of white, and yet at the same time, not doing so, staying within the gray tints and shadows, and revealing that this is not a black and white story. At best, it's a black and gray story, and it's one that I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on, however you choose to reach out to me. Stay tuned to for the end on all the ways you can do that. In the meantime, I'm going to take that quick ad break, see if my French Bulldog Bruno reduces the snoring just a bit. Maybe, maybe not. And after you've done listening to all those great things coming to you from the amazing team here at DC Comics News and maybe some of our collaborators, well, we'll come back to my third, fourth, and fifth choices. See you in just a few short minutes. Hi everyone, I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News podcast. Here every week to talk everything DC. Movies, TV, comics, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News podcast. It's audio justice. <laughs> no, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify. Stitcher. And everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. <laughs> no. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Three, two, one. Harley Quinn? Harley Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Cougar. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not f*** that. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. A lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents... Mad Love. The Harley Quinn Cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now... The third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the night. And faster than the flash, we are back. Thanks for taking the time to catch all those great announcements and for sticking around for my third, fourth, and fifth choices here on episode number 54 of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. I'm your host, Seth Singleton. 
and I'm kicking things off for my third choice with an amazing book, Hawkman number 23. I really enjoyed having a recent discussion with some of the great reviewers at the DC Comics News team and on their staff. I'm going to give a shout out to Matt, who reminded me that there are so many elements of this Hawkman story that kindle a reflection to the great Starman stories you might remember from the early 90s. Not sure what I'm talking about? Reach out to Matt or myself, send us a link. But essentially, there was a time when a Mr. Robinson changed the way we looked at a classic character like Starman. And it's the belief of reviewer Matt that that's the same thing we might be experiencing or are experiencing here in Hawkman number 23. If you like tales of history and distant past, this is a book for you. Speaking of the past, our story picks up in Seville, Spain, 1650 AD, where Carter Hall is currently known as Carlos Salon. Now this great story, Miasma of Fear, is meant, written by the amazing Robert Venditti, someone who has greatly impressed me during his run on Hawkman, and I think is instrumental in guaranteeing that Hawkman has appeared very frequently here on the Spinner Rack. He's joined with pencils by Marcio Takara and Fernando Passerin. Inks are provided by Marcio Takara and Auclair Albert, with colors by Jeremy Cox, letters by Rob Lay, a really great original cover by Mikhail Yannin, and a stunning variant cover by Gerardo Zaffino. If you like your Hulkman brutish, glaring, and all in black and white, well, this variant cover is for you. Either way, you're going to love the story inside the cover, between the pages. It's the plague breaking the world the way it did. Here in Spain, Carter is one of the many, doomed to catalog the number of deaths, view the bodies, and offer no more than condolences. And with those condolences, reminders that all those who offer cures are not medical healers or wonderful gifts. They are oftentimes opportunists who do their best to make money off a bad situation. Carter's arrival stirs up animosity within the town, and instead of processing the grief and suffering that a plague has brought upon them, they blame Carter for bringing it to them, and they make him their enemy. The only thing saving him from being burned at the stake, the arrival of a stranger wearing a bird mask, much like Carter's. Did I mention the bird mask? Check out the original cover for a great view and look inside to see how Carter and a great love from his past, someone you know well in the documented history of Carter Hall and his many lives, is that there was always a love, someone who was matching him step by step through time and history. It's her arrival that not only cues the final notes of this story, but also the longer-running arc that Venditti has masterfully played out before us in the many lives and histories of Carter Hall and Shire. There's a great revelation 
when both realize where they are when they have awoken. And that discovery is going to lead us into another wonderful adventure coming up in Hawkman number 24. In the meantime, Hawkman number 23 is a really wonderful story. Its magnificence can't even be drowned out by that plane that's landing somewhere out in the distance and creating just a little bit of background noise we really don't need and yet at the same time is a reminder much like these great new books that we have in our hands that life is moving forward and that we all can do the same and within that blink and that moment the sound fades the quiet returns and we're back to finish our fourth and fifth choices on this episode of the dc comics news spinner rack and for my fourth choice i'm happy to bring you flash number 753 a story that continues the amazing work of writer joshua williamson with really wonderful art by howard porter and brandon peterson colors by hi-fi letters by steve wands a really fun original cover from howard porter and hi-fi with a very interesting and modern take from Young Yoon Yoon, and a variant cover that I think might be a sign of things to come in the future. You'll have to take a look at both and let me know what you decide. But what I know is this amazing story opens with the legendary Eobard Thawne. Unfortunately, this is a story about the ways that the 25th century scientist who idolized the Flash has been corrupted. But despite the corruption and the many ways that his death at the hands of speedsters is revealed in the opening pages, is how we discover that this very villainous figure holds the key to stopping the creature person, the once man known as Paradox, whose only goal is to travel through time, killing every version of the Flash, creating a paradox and increasing his strength. To help him do this, he has Godspeed, another famous speedster, under his control, and Barry is forced, after a unproductive trip to the 21st, 25th century, as I Again, stumble over my words. Maybe it's just the excitement of all these great new books. Maybe I'm just rusty. But with that revelation, Barry has to go back to the most painful point in his life. A moment in history when he knows Eobard Thawne will be there. And then he has to make an offer that the man known as the Reverse Flash can't refuse. It looks like we've got a very interesting next chapter developing for issue number 74. And I love the way Williamson sets up all of these elements, bringing us to a conclusion that we can probably see coming. And yet, because of that, it doesn't make the experience any less enjoyable for the reader. In fact, it's heightened by the knowledge of the history between Barry Allen and Eobard Thawne. I really enjoyed the way this has been part of a larger arc, developing the character of Barry, and yet at the same time introducing some classic villains that I remember from some decades past, 
and taking their stories in new directions that were never possible with the previous versions of the characters, and in doing so, far beyond my wildest dreams. Happy to give you today The Flash number 753 is my fourth choice, a great 5 out of 5 book, one I'm looking to hear your thoughts about whenever you get a chance to reach out and send me a message. Before we do that, though, let's move into my fifth and final choice. Now, while I'm well aware of the fact that this might be a controversial choice, and that a certain Mr. Didio, who's no longer with DC Comics, warned that facsimiles were destroying the future of comics, there's something wonderful about DC Superstars number 17, a facsimile released this week, that really brought me to attention. An all-new collection featured here. Secret Origins of Superheroes, those books I remember seeing in antique stores, wrapped in plastic, always making me wonder what it would be like to collect them all, read those amazing backstories, and then return to them as each new version of DC Comics Heroes is brought to a modern audience, and of course, enlightened and changed. And yet, this wonderful trip down memory lane reveals the amazing origins of classic characters like Green Arrow, Oliver Queen, who's lost his money and remembers just what it was like when he started out back on an island, honing his craft, becoming the hero we love and know from comics and television. And then uh, a really fun reminder of just who the Legion of Superheroes were and their rescuing of R.J. Brand and how it brought about the Legion and the many wonderful superheroes who make up their number and are part of a legacy that we are still enjoying today from new writers. But the real kicker for me is this wonderful example of just how amazing the first Huntress really was. The child of Bruce Wayne and Selina Kyle. A wonderful moment from Earth 2 that showed a, a drastic difference in the history we've known in their Earth 1 stories and completely different from the way it's been told in other Earths throughout the DC multiverse. This version has its own pitfalls and tragedies but it also signals the rise of a new generation of heroes, something that would become a recurring theme on Earth 2. I loved learning about this story, watching Selina Wayne become the Huntress and the classic character who we've now seen presented with new origins, most recently on Birds of Prey, featuring, of course, Miss Harley Quinn, in theaters and streaming now, something I had a chance to check out during this current shelter-in-place period. And going back to this original story was a wonderful trip through time. If you're going to pick up a facsimile, that should be the experience you get, enjoy, and can share with others, either in the purchasing, reading, and or other ways you might be sharing a story like this. Either way, it happens to be that DC Superstars number 17 facsimile is my fifth and final choice. It should come as no surprise that a classic like this is a 5 out of 5, and there's really not much more for me to say about the wonders and brilliance 
that are revealed in its pages. And if you're a fan, like some of us here at DC Comics News are, it's got those great scanned ads and pages from the comics you might remember as a kid, if you happen to be as old as some of us, or might enjoy looking fondly back on as a strange moment in history that while you never experienced, you can do your best to interpret from the period in time in which you've grown up and loved and enjoyed comics. And with that, we are done with episode number 54 of the DC Comics News, Spinner Rack. However, I think it would be wrong to let you get away without reminding you of a few very valuable pieces of information. The first of which is that DC Comics News is available on all major podcast platforms, from the big guys like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, to the lesser-known names that have developed very positive and enthusiastic fans. Wherever you're listening, make sure to subscribe to the DC Comics News Podcast Network so you never miss an episode of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack or our other great shows like the weekly DC Comics News Podcast covering all of the events in movies, television, streaming, comic books, and more each and every week from DC Comics, and newer shows, whether it's The Spinner Rack or the most recent edition, I Am the Night from Mr. Steve J. Ray, a podcast that is an episode-by-episode breakdown of all of those great animated classics we knew and love. And the most irreverent new podcast to arrive, Mad Love, a Harley Quinn cast, an opportunity for myself and other members to let our hairs down, talk about an irreverent show in irreverent terms with a bit of adult language. Reminder, this one isn't for the kiddies. But if you subscribe to the DC Comics News Podcast Network now, you'll be guaranteed to catch each and every episode of the weekly podcast, The Spinner Rack, I Am The Night, and new programming like Mad Love, a Harley Quinn cast. And then, of course, you can always let us know what you're thinking, whether it's on social media and platforms like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, or YouTube. All you need is that at symbol and DC Comics News to make sure we know what you're thinking and where we can respond. Again, that's at capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N, E-W-S. And with that, I'd like to thank you again for joining me. For episode number 54 of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack, I have been your host, Seth Singleton, and I'll be here each and every week, bringing you new comics, and when those moments arise that we can't enjoy new comics, I promise, a glance, a trip, a journey to those wonderful comics we've come to know and love and we come to hope for each and every week. And should you forget, between now and the next episode... There's only one thing that should always be done, and that is to read more comics. Until next time, thanks for joining me, and I'll see you soon, right back here at the Spinner Rack. See you soon, folks. <laughs>